Welcome to American Snippets, your source for inspirational, motivational, and selfless stories and interviews from exceptional people across the nation. And now, here's your host, Barb Allen and Dave Brown. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to American Snippets. Thank you so much for joining us on today's show. My name is Dave Brown. I'm a real estate investor, lifestyle entrepreneur, and the co-host here, along with my partner, Gold Star Wife, author and speaker, Barbara Allen. Now, if it's your first time here, just want to let you know that it's our goal each week to feature stories that will not only inspire you, but propel you into action in your own life. Our mission is simple, and that's to create a meaningful platform that encourages national pride, promotes the American dream, supports those who honorably serve, and spotlights all the extraordinary things everyday Americans, just like you, are doing to make this country a better place. Our guests are exceptional Americans who are giving back both in business and in everyday life, and their stories are compelling examples of positivity, possibility, and patriotism that can help you get one step closer to living your own American dream. And Sherlinda Scales, our guest today, is a perfect example of this. She is a self-described optimist who chooses to live by faith rather than fear. 11 years in the United States Air Force not only upheld her family's strong military lineage, but it sharpened her leadership skills that she's now using to lead her own company into success. She is the founder of Mutt's Sauce. It's a sauce that was named after her grandfather, a Korean and Vietnam War veteran whose call name was Mutt. This special sauce is a family heirloom that was thought to be lost forever, but later discovered after his death that it was willed to his precious grandmother, Charlinda. Today, Charlinda Scales is steadily making Mutt Sauce a household name throughout Ohio and the rest of the country. She's taking entrepreneurship to a whole new level and is now working with some of the nation's most noted business leaders, all while giving back as a mentor and volunteer. Anyone who is hesitating to chase their own dream can learn from Charlinda's story. Now, without further ado, here is Barbara Allen with Charlinda Scales. Hi there. Welcome back to another episode of American Snippets. I am your co-host, Barb Allen. I love speaking to all of our guests, but I have to admit, I get a little happier when I get to speak with a woman who is somebody of influence and inspiration in this country. I'm constantly surrounded by menfolk in my, in my life. I love them all, but I really have a little extra appreciation when I get to speak to a woman. So that's one more exciting thing about today's guest, Charlinda Scales. She is a veteran of the United States Air Force, and she is now the CEO of her very own company, Mutt Sauce. Her resume, if you follow her on LinkedIn, hop on over there. It's so broad, so since I had to just like send it to myself in an email. I mean, her her leadership skills, her job descriptions, out of this world impressive. Charlinda, I don't know how you found the time to sit down and speak with us today, but I so appreciate that you do taking a look at everything you have going on in your life. Thank you so much for sitting down with us. Thank you for having me. This is this is exciting for me. Like I want to be <laughs> I wanted to talk to you guys. So yay, yay! That's what we love finding people you know who kind of dig what we do and and want to be a part of it as well. It's exciting for us. So let's can we start kind of sequentially? I want to talk a little bit about your service first, or a lot about your service if you want to talk about it. Um, I know 
a lot of women veterans and they all have their stories of, you know, different stories of struggle and challenge and all that. But you were in leadership position, several leadership positions, which is um, even more remarkable. Can you tell us a little bit first about what drew you into military service? Sure. So um, my family, my family's last name is actually Farrell. And the Farrells have served for the last four generations. We're a four generation military family. Wow. And so um, every branch except for the Coast Guard, but we're still recruiting those kids. Look, (laughs) (laughs) we're we're watching out for which one will be next. Uh, But that was kind of the the thing. Like as you're growing older, you're getting close to 18. The conversation is now happening of which one of you grandkids is going into the military. Is my grandfather talking to us because he was in Korean Vietnam. Wow. And um, pretty much all his sons went in. And uh, for me, uh, because my cousin, my oldest cousin, he went to the Marine Corps, but he got hurt. And I was like, well, he did a great effort. And they're like, nope, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. <laughs> Who's next? So, oh my goodness. I, uh, I said I would do it if I could find a way to go to college too. And that's why I learned about the ROTC program where they would pay for college. And then you'd serve afterwards. So that's the track that I went through with the Air Force. I went to Clemson University and I commissioned in 2004 and started out um, Warner Robins, Georgia. I was in Georgia and I loved it. I mean, I'm from Tennessee. So for me to have my first base down south, it was great. Really great programs down there. I was on small arms program, the deputy for the Air Force small arms program, which is like pistols and uh, drone officer weapons and grenades. I went on to uh, (laughs) (laughs) C-130s, I went to C-130s, did uh, C-130 modification programs. Um, What you're seeing on the news right now is really nostalgic and kind of a terrifying way for me because I was the program manager of the Air Force's firefighting program. So the wildfire out in California that's going on now, I was fighting it with the same team in 2008. Wow. So, yeah, it's, it's, hit, it's hitting home every time I turn on the news right now. Yeah, you can relate to what those people are, are doing. And like, as part of you kind of reliving your experience doing yeah, that, do you want to? Like, yeah. you know, I remember I was a lieutenant, you know, I was 23 and, um, Governor Schwarzenegger was there at the time, the governor uh, in California, and he was like, California is burning down. (laughs) So you have to ask if you can't do it with the support that you have in the state and you have to argument for federal support. And that's what we did. And, you know, they're like, do we have a firefighting program? No, we have one. (laughs) I'm down there, this young lieutenant just tinkering away um, at this program. Like, oh, my God. Like. I am writing articles for CNN updates every single day. Every news station imaginable is asking the four star for an update and I'm writing them for him. Wow. Yeah. And, and I have to attest that those, those men and women are out there 24 seven. I hardly ever left the office. It was just, it consumed my life for months. So I bet. What, and that, that is a good reminder because as we sit here, you know, focus on our day and our task, it's it's good to have a reminder that pretty much every day while we're going about our business, stressing about whatever we're stressing about, whether it's these men and women out there right now fighting the fires or somebody 
else, you know, in combat or what have you, somebody is like in a yeah. hell of a situation right now putting and, it on and the putting line. it on the line so, for us. Yeah. So it, it keeps me humble, you know, it yeah. keeps me humble to, 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 to keep that in my mind. Uh, but yeah, that was, um, my last year in Georgia and I moved on to Boston, went to Boston and worked on some security forces. That's like air force cops and helping them get all the gear that they need to go out and do what they do. Uh, I worked for the commander of, it used to be electronic system center. It was like a uh, three-star command uh, as his like commander's action group chief. So it was basically the right hand man. I'm the captain doing everything that he can't do. Love it. Love (laughs) it. Yeah. It was, it was, that was a humbling thing too. And a really great opportunity to see, you know, a strategic thinker. Yeah. Did you learn, you know, think, were you able to learn from his style of leadership and, and management? Yes. And what I've noticed, a lot of your general officers are introverted. Yeah. They're, you know, they're very task oriented, very focused. And uh, I, I've had one of my supervisors say, I'm not a people person at all. I uh, don't deal with people well. And that's <laughs> why all my captains are extroverts because you're going to deal with yeah. people. Okay. But and, you know, that's good that they know that about themselves, that they then equip yeah. themselves. So that was, with, that was yeah. a good leadership lesson. Yeah. It's like, be upfront about what you're not good at. Yeah. You know, and find a solution for it. You don't have to just be, you know, make yourself good at it. It doesn't come natural to you, but you need to find someone or fill some, fill your circle full of people who are. Yeah. Cause you're still yeah. responsible for providing that. Yeah, the camp yeah. we would put yeah. on his little note card, it's so-and-so's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, happy birthday. And it would look like, ah, you know, <laughs> got it, you know. They're like, oh, my God, he said happy birthday. But that was important. You know, yeah. he knew it was important. So, yeah. So that was Boston. And then I went down to D.C. for a little while, did some staff work, came back to Boston for a little bit. And then my last base was um, – Wright Patterson Air Force Base, Ohio, where I'm at right now. I finished out my active duty career at Wright Pat. And there you are. And here we are. Oh my gosh. Like, I mean, that experience there is like in somebody's entire career over, you know, decades really. And you just seem to have kind of crammed it all in. And now you've moved into something else, which is a huge maybe daunting challenge for some people, but you're just like, Oh yeah, man, you know, I'm going for it. I love it. I love it. And in between you've had some also incredible things. I don't even know where to go first. I get all, I'm like, look at that. Look at that. So we're gonna, <laughs> we'll go back because you were also a runner up in 2016 Miss veteran USA. Yes. How does that come about? Can you describe for us how, was, how you became involved with that? It wasn't for me waking up saying, let me just, <laughs> You know, let me do this. Everything yeah. is just a happenstance. You know, I just, yeah. I don't wake up saying, let me tick this off my bucket list. It's, um, so I had a good friend of mine. I was like, Hey, look at this Buzzfeed, uh, article that they had for 2015. These girls are tough as nails. And they're like, this is not a pageant. Cause I was like, I don't like pageants. I really don't. Yeah. And I was like, it's not a pageant. They call it the P word. You're not even allowed to say the word pageant. Like, <laughs> so they were, they were telling the interviewers about how um, you're an ambassador for women veterans across the country. Okay. All of them that are still living, World War II, 
you name it. Um, mm-hmm. And you're helping support a charity, Final Salute Incorporated, which houses homeless female veterans. I was like, I can get down with that. Yeah. I want to help my, my sisters in arms. So um, I applied. I applied thinking it was like the short process, maybe. It was like a year <laughs> before you even made it to the finals. Yeah. You had to campaign the whole year. You, what did you have to get votes? Well, you had to raise money for the charity. You were doing a lot of fundraisers to build awareness for, they call it a silent epidemic because women veterans are not as, um, they're not the ones that are going to tell you that they're going through something bad. They're not going to tell you, I'm, I, I can't find a way to make it work or I'm sleeping in my car or they're not going to do it. And they're not as uh, willing to stay in a shelter because most of them have children and so they don't want their children's, you know, lives to be jeopardized or not right. safe. So they do this thing called couch surfing where they stay at a friend's house, a family member, but the federal government does not recognize that as homelessness. It's crazy, right? It is. It is. I had some firsthand experience with that and I was a veteran service officer in my county. And so I had some experience with that. It's very frustrating, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so what, how were you able to help them? So what they do is they have a couple of programs that provide a safe and home program. And then basically one's a financial support and one is temporary housing. But the emphasis is on temporary because we don't want you to get in your mind that this is a forever situation. This does not define who you are. You're you're a soldier, sailor, airman, marine. You know, you you can get back on your feet. You have what it takes to get back on your feet. And we're just going to give you what you need right now to do that. Um, they, they do this program called stand up for women vets where they give them clothes that are donated, a work clothes that are donated from all over the country. Um, they give them headshots for LinkedIn so they can get a job. Awesome. All kinds of coaching. Yeah. It's, it was really great. So you campaign throughout the year. Of course you're getting ready for things like a push up contest. So I was hitting the gym and I'm like, I don't realize veteran means you're not working out like a maniac like you were on duty. Like I, I had to go back to the gym and I was like pinching places I didn't even know I could pinch. <laughs> but yeah, the push up contest we had um an interview by a panel of prominent women veterans in the country, which I mean I walk in, I'm like, I see these women in history books and stuff like that was a very humbling part when they're looking at you in your face saying you represent me. Wow. Not yeah. screw up. <laughs> <No. laughs> but no pressure. No pressure. And then um, we also had a military history test. So you had to be at least adept in every branch, uh, a little bit of military history. So oh my it God. wasn't, yeah, it was not strutting. No, <laughs> no swimsuit competition. Right. Yeah. Yeah, the dress and the crown that, you, that that people see on the website was basically it's a sub the day of the contest is a celebration of womanhood that you're not okay. just right. you know a soldier you're a woman okay. and we can celebrate that and you're a queen you know yeah so yeah that's what I was like sometimes I think those pictures kind of confuse the. It might, might get people confused about what our mission is, but I think that's why the ambassadors were out here to tell tell folks that it's the real deal. It's wow. And so you were doing all of that while you were maintaining a job and 
a life outside of that. And that sounds like that was close to a full-time job at certain periods. So I tell people I survived 2015, 2016, just by God's grace. Cause I, yeah. you know, there's just a lot of challenges along that way. Um, I was getting married. I was trying to move. I was, you know, in between jobs. My company is in Ohio. I had moved to Washington, D.C. and kept the company in Ohio. Wow. Everything that I was doing for free, I had to find some way of paying for people to do it that I trusted. Right. Yeah. So it was a lot. Daunting. So um, what advice can you offer from that experience? Anything that you learned or guidance that you may have for somebody who's not obviously in the same exact path, but maybe feeling overwhelmed and trying to manage all of these enormous events in their lives and maybe saying, I just can't do it, you know, stressing out or turning to unhealthy coping. I would say do what you can and don't be afraid to open up to other people. You know, don't be afraid to ask for help. Yeah. Um, I think a common thread that I see with a lot of entrepreneurs is they're like, I got it. No, I don't need it. I'm all right. You know, just fake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but their I'm Instagram like, page looks fabulous in their right? face. Yes. Like, you know you need help right yeah. now. <laughs> you know. And so yeah. I've, I've learned that that experience was I cannot run my company from Washington, D.C. I have to get help. So I I hated that I was forced into that. I wish I already had a team in place before I left. Um, But I was trying to put together a team as I was moving. So that was a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. And did you, you wound up with a good solid team? Oh, no, I I went through. (laughs) You're like, oh, no. No, I I fired a few people along the way. But um, now... Uh, yeah, the team is really solid. We're awesome. We're a well-oiled machine. Good, good. And so let's talk about your company. Your company is Mutt Sauce. And when I hopped online to you know, get the background and see all this, when I first came across you on LinkedIn, what an, just a sweet, touching story about how you came to love the sauce and all that. And um, can you tell us about it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's humbling for me. You know, yeah. even after all these years, I I try not to think about it too hard because I'm like, man, my granddad was awesome, man. He yeah. he had that level of passion for something that he would not stop until he got to what he thought was perfect. Yeah. And um I call myself the messenger. So Mutt Sauce gets its name from my grandfather, Charlie Farrell, who had the call sign Mutt in Korean Vietnam. He was an aircraft mechanic. And Aside from raising five children in the military and taking his wife and kids around the world, um, he was passionate about this creation. I mean, he really just hated a bunch of condiments. He thought (laughs) that people were so wasteful. He's like, open the fridge. People probably have like 10. They're not even using but two of them. The rest of them are like expired. Expired, yeah. You know how they got there. So... It was his frustration, but a lot of, you know, look at any company, any invention is born from a problem that someone has to solve. I'm going to solve this problem. So he said, I'm going to make something that I can use all the time. And he would not stop when my mom told me and my grandmother, though, like over a hundred times, easily over a hundred times, he would just make it, dump it out, (laughs) 
make it, taste it, dump it out huh. until he got to what he thought was perfect. And then obviously he had written it down or he'd be like, ah, how, did, how did I do that? <laughs> so, yeah, 1956 is when he had settled on the recipe. And uh, from there, I mean, my recollection from childhood was just like the mason jar that would have the sauce in it. But I couldn't even eat it because I was allergic to pepper. So my granddad made a little jar for me and he would take out the pepper. Aww. So I wouldn't be like by myself <laughs> you know yeah. everybody at me um but yeah he was just super passionate and so he had passed away he had gotten lung cancer unfortunately passed away in 2005 and then um about that time he had just gone to my commissioning i he was the first person to salute me i was the first officer oh how awesome yeah that was a memory i, I will never forget but he yeah. He went there, did the commissioning, probably passed away like six months after that. And then I learned in 2013, while I was out here at uh, Wright-Patterson, the mom kept it a secret. She said, he actually gave you something. Because everybody, you know, people pass away and sometimes they give stuff away. Yeah, I was always the kid, the grandkid who never got anything like I had to work for everything. I'm like, my cousins, the guys, they're so spoiled. Y'all get car. Y'all, you know, <laughs> you got an allowance. Not so I much. Had, yeah. I had to do chores for mine or I would huh. get paid for my grades. Wow. So if I made an A, I got like three bucks. <laughs> so I was always, he always made me work for stuff. It was never given to me. And yeah. I was like, that's a little backwards. I'm the girl. Yeah. But he expected more from you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, huh? I was very shocked that um, she, my mom handed me an envelope, but it was the original recipe in his handwriting. That's you know, so time. cool. And I was like, this was a lot. It was super overwhelming um, because I'm like, this was everything to him. Yeah. And he never gave me anything. Now he's giving me oh. something. <laughs> Like, Can you oh. picture him like smiling, putting it in the envelope, knowing, oh my gosh, she's going to be so surprised. Yeah. <laughs> right? like, yeah. It humbles me so much. Yeah. It humbles me so much. And I said, the best that I can do is find a way to share this with people. Cause that's what he would do. He would just put it in like those little glass milk, you know, the milkman would come and he he'd put it in the little glass things and share it with people. And I said, I'm going to share it with people. I'm going to learn how to do this. Um, so that's how I, I went to score.org, which is an organization that teaches entrepreneurship. I said, yeah. my granddaddy gave me a recipe. I want to put it in a jar, name it after him. And they're like, okay, well, we're going to translate that to you want to manufacture a tomato based product. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and you didn't sure. know that when you walked in. Right. I was yes. like, sure. <laughs> And um, huh. so they taught me uh, the steps to do it. And they said, we move at the speed of determination. However determined you are to get this done is how fast you'll have a company and a product. Wow, so, that's awesome. So how many people were on on that or, or in that board uh, on SCORE? Like how many people did you actually sit down and, and meet with? Two. Two? Mm-hmm. Wow. And those yeah. two people were able to guide you yeah. to all of that. That's amazing. Uh, my guy's name was Bob. Um, my my recollection, I can't remember Bob's yeah. last name, but the other guy's name was John Souter, and he was a retired veteran. Uh, he's a, I think he's Air Force, but he was about my grandfather's age. And for me, I was like, 
it was doing everything for me. He didn't yeah. realize how much it was doing for me, how much it was doing just to have him sit down with me every week and, you know, he'd give me his little memories when he had a manufacturing company uh, after he got out of the military. And yeah, I just, it was really great. great. It was great. great. So then what, what were some of those first steps that you had to take? Cause it's one thing to say, Hey, this, I want to have a tomato based product. Right. And I, I have this recipe and then they sit down and talk to you, but what were like some of the very first things that you had to do? Well, you know, it's, it's something I tell a lot of people that when I do um, consulting or in mentoring, I say, you just got to start. Yeah. And sometimes that just means file your business license. So, you know, yeah. once you file that business license with the name of it, you you have a company, you know, you're, you own a company. Great. And yeah. I think just having that piece of paper, that business mm-hmm. license, so empowering. I'm like, I did it. <laughs> you know, that yeah. was one. And then it was, okay, what does it mean to have a tomato based product? You have to have something that's safe for consumption mm-hmm. for, you know, by other people. So you have to have it lab tested. You take a, and you have to do legal paperwork. So I'll, I'll back up. He said, this is a secret recipe. And I'm going to tell you that you cannot copyright a recipe. You have to do trade secret agreements. The whole thing about Coca-Cola locking their stuff in a vault is true. You have to physically lock it away. And anybody who goes around your recipe has to sign a non-disclosure. Wow. No such thing as copywriting a recipe. All right. So if you ever hear that, they don't know what they're talking about. But so every, um, I sat down with my family because it was very important. I knew that everyone, there's generations before me that, that enjoyed this sauce. So all of his five children were still alive. That was the other thing. He skipped all of his children. Oh my goodness. And half of his grandkids and no explanation. (laughs) Two of my uncles are chefs. So I was like, What's happening? <laughs> you know, I was like, how does this conversation happen? Mom's yeah. like, you know, it took me eight years because I was trying to figure out how to tell my brothers and sisters. Wow. Um, and so, so I just took the one team, one fight mentality. This is my approach. And I said, this is a family recipe. And we have to work as a family to protect it. Awesome. So I brought, I went down to Tennessee where we all grew up. To my hometown, I had a stack of non-disclosures, and I handed them out. And so, thirty members of my family signed legal non-disclosures. Nice job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was surprised. <laughs> I was wow, surprised. those are some great instincts there, and in, in how to handle that. I don't know that I would have navigated that the well, way that I you did. Told them I would find a way to help them be a part of. Yeah. And they also signed up as independent contractors. So if they ever wanted to do work and make money with the company, they could. Awesome. They all had options and and they've all done stuff, festivals, things like that. Oh, that's cool. (laughs) Fun. So now you have your company and you got that non-disclosure done, but you have to have some kind of capital to invest to get this all done. So I had these big dreams that were very not thought through at the time. Those are the best kind. <laughs> My dream yeah. was to have a hot sports car when, when I right. made major. I said, when I make major, 
I'm going to pin on, I'm going to walk on to this car lot. I'm going to buy myself a BMW with cash. Nice dream. And I'd been saving for so since I got in the Air Force for that car. And that was what I used. Wow. To start my sauce. So that's, I bootstrapped it with my BMW. <laughs> that's great. And I tell people right now, I'm like, what do you drive? A Honda. <laughs> I drive a Honda. A so do I. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. proud of my pay for a Honda. Uh-huh. I'm just going to rock it out to the wheels fall off because yep. every time I look at it, I, I feel like I made a better decision. You know, it great. reminds me I made a better decision. That's a, that's another great example and lesson. And it also, I imagine, kind of ties you in a little deeper to that commitment. Like, look, I mean, that's a big deal that you traded that one in for the other. And like, there's, you just burned the, burned the boats behind you, right? Like there's no going back. You're going to make this work now. So along the way, I know that you have entered some contests and you, you won already won one significant contest and got yourself a heck of a mentoring session. Wow. Yeah. So Bob yeah. Evans Farms. Yeah. Wow. I mean, they, they started this program, um, our farm salutes and it's, it's more than just helping the veterans. They were going into community and doing a lot of, of work in the local community. They're in Ohio. They're based out of Ohio. Convenient. Yeah. It was yeah. for me. I, I didn't even know at the time that they were right, <laughs> right here. <laughs> the headquarters is right here, but, um, I had gone to this conference last year called the Military Influencers Conference. Yep. And um, I had gone with Molly Mae Potter, who was Miss Veteran America the year that I did it. She's like, this is a great opportunity for us to see how we can help um, and get connected now that we're flexing ourselves as veterans, you know, Mm -hmm. we're trying to learn what an influencer is. What does that mean? Yeah. And, uh, once you come back, you're in this Facebook group that that does peer mentoring, and that's when I learned about the Bob Evans contest. And they said they're gonna um, help out the next batch of, of great veteran entrepreneurs. And I got the call. I was downtown DC, and I just like burst into tears. I know everybody walking by me was like, "What is wrong with her?" And I'm like. <laughs> Damon John just called me. What? <laughs> That's <the> crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, this is New York number. I answered it. It was like, Charlinda. I was like, yes, it is. I'm like, this is Damon John. I'm like, ah, you know. <laughs> I'm just like, hold on a second. Because, you know, you think Shark Tank and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, these people, they're They're, they're no joke. Yeah. 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 They're busy. They got a lot going on. The fact that he personally called all three of us. Wow. Um, and then when you get there, you get to spend time talking to him. He's just like, so what do you want to know? That was the weirdest thing. He's like, what do you want to know? I'm like, are you serious what? right now? <laughs> everything. I want to know. know everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, everything. Yeah. I, you know, I just need like a little plug, plug into your brain, like download yeah. all of it. Um, but he, he gave me the advice. He said, stop trying to be everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I was like, excuse me. He's like, I see you. You're trying to deliver to. South Carolina, you're trying to deliver to Tennessee, you're trying to, he's like, you're a small business, like you're small, but fierce, but you're still small. And he said, you can do a lot just by focusing on Ohio. 
He said, how many college students know about mutt sauce? And I said, I was like, well, I have not really done campus tours. He's like, until every college student is like, I can't deal without mutt sauce. Until every mom, at least one out of every three moms are confessing that they use it. Yeah. But everybody in that state needs to be claiming that as their sauce. Because that's what FUBU did to become successful. Nice. It was LL Cool J who rolled up in Harlem. Uh, he was an up-and-coming rap artist. He's like, I need some fresh threads. He was the best person in Harlem. And he didn't say, not New York City. Right. Not New York. Harlem. And that is great. The people said, you need FUBU. That is... I'm, and, you know, when somebody says that to you, it's like, oh, yeah, of course. But it's crazy, right? Like how the most obvious, like, clear path is sometimes so crowded and buried under all these things yeah and, and for like, somebody to come in and just sweep that stuff away and say there mm-hmm. you're like oh <laughs> like interested yeah. step one he's like just focus on where you're at it's kind of like a what is it colin powell bloom where you're planted yeah <laughs> yep bloom where you're at like stop trying to yeah absolutely be good at that one thing where you're at and he said he went from 200,000 to 200 million he said, all it takes is one. Yep. He said, the reason why they didn't give like a huge grant is because they wanted you to be mindful about how you're spending your money because he thinks that the downfall of a lot of veteran entrepreneurs, even entrepreneurs, is overfunding. Yeah. You get too much money, you ball out of control. He's like, you look at the Starbucks line when payday is like so far away and it's, there's nobody because they're like coffee, $6 coffee that's dumb. Yeah. You know, I got to pay my bills. But then the day they get paid, guess what? The Starbucks line's out the door. Yeah. Yeah, all this money. Uh-huh. And it doesn't even phase you. He said, and that's how they think when they make business decisions. I got tons of money. Who cares if I paid $14,000 on the website? Wow. Super interesting. So where is Mutt Sauce now? What Mutt Sauce yeah. right now. Um, so we're humbled to find out that we're finalists for the Sam Adams Brewing the American Dream Contest. Love it. Yes. I'm like, this is amazing because we just want to tell our story and and we're ready to um, take that focus. Like you said, make sauce. Mm -hmm. Take your money and make sauce. I've learned of like manufacturing is expensive. We just spent 50 grand on this last run from what we've been able to build up to so far. I was like, and this is still trying to tackle Ohio. Yeah. You know, we're spending a lot of money just tackling Ohio, just making sauce and we rebranded. So now we got all these like new bottles. Love it. Very fancy. And and introduced gluten-free. So we, we introduced the gluten-free flavor because there are people who said, we want to join the mutt sauce family, but we can't because of celiac. I had to learn about how serious that was because I thought it was like a fad, like something. I'm like, okay, this will pass. No, it's not. Okay. But um, everybody deserves to be part of the Mutt Sauce family. So what we're doing right now is we're focusing on the brand. We're focusing on getting our pitch ready. We're focusing on telling the story so we can get votes because I think only three people get to go down there to Florida. And so it's the Military Influencers Conference in Orlando. Okay. Uh, three people are going to pitch to Sam Adams, to the CEO of Sam Adams. And, and he's going to choose one of them to mentor the rest of the year, like the next calendar year. That is huge. That's big. 
So do you have any idea how many people are in that contest right now or how many finalists there are? So for, I don't know how big the pool was that they narrowed it down from. I heard it was big, but there's only 14 of us. And then we're doing votes for the next 30 days. Okay. And then the top three are going to go to Orlando. Awesome. So what's the, what's the website people can go to? Mutsauce.com, M-U-T-T-S-S-A-U-C-E.com. And that's where they can vote for you? Oh, you go to Sam, yeah. go to yeah. Street Shares, actually. So it's Street, Street Shares, which is an organization that helps provide funding for veteran Okay. Go to streetshares.com, and there's a little icon for Brewing the American Dream. Or you can go on the Mutt Sauce page because we put the link on there, too. Okay. We're going to blast that out several times a week to everybody and start offering incentives to get involved and get out there and start voting. <laughs> and we're going to see, you know, how many people can get behind you in this cool sauce. And then I'm going to, I'll put it out there. I'm going to order, I don't do you sell them by the case. Yes, we do. Okay. I'm going to order two cases of those. And anybody who rallies enough what? people to get like a hundred votes, I'm going to send them out a case oh, of your man. mud sauce. So we'll, uh, we'll put that all up on our Facebook page and our Instagram and we'll see what we can't do to get that. And then maybe I'm going to taste some live and let everybody know how delicious it is. Are there, any of them have a little bit of a kick? Yeah, we got ghost pepper for you. Oh my God. My kids will laugh so hard. I basically cry if I have like a little piece of jalapeno, I got to smother it in <laughs> sour cream, but I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go right to ghost pepper and I'll do it Facebook yeah. live and I'll get people to start voting. <laughs> I mean, anytime somebody votes, I'll escalate it to ghost pepper or something, yeah, you know, if yeah. we get enough votes. <laughs> oh, no, no, I've survived worse. But yeah, it's, <laughs> I think that'll be super fun. So we're going to get on that now because you only have 30 days left. Is it 30 days left or yeah, is it like two weeks left? Okay. Yeah. So it's less than 30 days, like mm -hmm. 18 days or something like that. All right. All right. So we're going to get going on that. So you have a lot of insight and ideas and they seem to kind of find you or flow to you. Where do you find, is there any one particular place that you found that you are when these like ideas to do something come to you more? Well, I just try to keep myself open to opportunity. Um, I'm very vocal about my desire to help people. I mean, this whole journey, even much sauce for me is a journey of, of self-discovery and humility, really. I, I tell people if I have a superpower, it's just humility. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there's nothing to, there's nothing beneath me. There's nothing that I won't do. Any Anything that my team will do, I will roll up my seat, sleeves and be right next to you. I just, um, I'm over, I'm overall just grateful because it's bigger than me. And I think some entrepreneurs get to that point where you just have the light bulb come on. You're like, this is so much bigger than I even thought. Yeah. Um, my faith, I tell people that I think of my relationship with God is like a chess game. And if he's sitting across from you mm -hmm. and you move your little piece and that's your free will to move your little one, one move. Okay. But He's playing, but he's 50 moves ahead of you <laughs> and he's moving everything around you that you don't even realize, yeah. but you just got to trust that either way, you know, it's all for the good. You're going to be all right. Yeah. Nobody's really going to lose. You're just going to learn. You know, you're going <laughs> to learn. Yeah. Learn. And uh, yeah. But that keeps me humble. Is like, I know this is bigger than my one little move. I know there's a lot going on. 
Awesome. Um, we just had um, Britt Harris. I was just sending out packages, and sometimes we get we get uh, requests to give packages to people, like a care package. Right. And we kind of ramped it up a little bit this year, and all of a sudden, I got a, a note from a friend of mine, Gina Elise, and she said, um, "There's a young lady who needs a, a care package." She lost her husband. Her name is Britt Harris. I said, okay, you know, you don't have to tell me too much. Just give me the address, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, when we sent it out. And I was just perusing through Facebook one day and I saw this lovely documentary about Britt Harris. She was a gold star wife um, and how her comrades, her husband's comrades had done this great tribute to how they were dedicated to helping raise her baby because she found out she was pregnant. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. And and I just, I was like, wow, you know, I didn't know all the details, but watching the documentary, I just kind of sat back and like, see, this is what I was like. This is bigger than yeah. selling sauce. We're trying to bring people together. We're comforting people. We're helping people get married. <laughs> like, because I had like, yeah. just, we had a lady who said she couldn't cook and she was nervous because her family was so judgmental. Oh no. You know, her fiance's <laughs> family was so judgmental that she didn't know what she was going to do. And I said, just put That's some hysterical. I was like, just put some mutt sauce on it. And she's like, I thought I did. <laughs> I said, if you can get some chicken and put it in a crock pot and flatter <laughs> some mutt sauce on it, leave it in there a few hours and come back. Voila. Frozen vegetables if you have to. And so she was, you know, I get, what I get is the fulfillment of um, the stories of people's lives, you know, because mutt sauce yeah. is not like this tastes good. There's always like some memory that they have to share that went with it. That is great. And who would think, right, when you're walking down the grocery store aisles and you see these tomato-based products, right, that they would be a story behind all of yeah. them like that. I think There's that's memory. so great. That's so great. So, I mean, you've, we talked about some of the mentors that have been in your life, the score, Damon John, and I see that you also mentor for the Girl Scouts. Mm. Yes. So what, yeah. How did you get into that? And what, you know, what drives you to keep, to, you know, talk a little bit about the importance of being a mentor and not just receiving mentorship. Yes. Yes. You know, it's, 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 uh, it makes me feel good that, the things that have happened to, in my life, I'm able to reciprocate. I was a Girl Scout. Um, I went in, I think I went in as a daisy. Yeah. No, I went in as a brownie. I didn't get to be a daisy. I went in as a brownie. But I loved it. I was like, <laughs> man, you know, this is great. I felt just a sense of freedom going out, camping, getting my badges. But you're learning these, like, mm-hmm. life skills. And I appreciated by the time I graduated high school, high school, I had life skills that the Girl Scouts had given Give me and empowered me, so to speak. So uh, I got my gold award senior year. And my gold award project was a United Cultural Awareness Club because I grew up in a very rural town in uh, Tennessee called Cookville. Mm-hmm. And there were so many little sub cities who had merged into this big high school when I was a freshman and they all had subcultures that were not used to being around each other. Okay. Different. <laughs> so we had fights. Oh my God. We had so many fights. I had to shut wow. the school down. What? I was like, what year is it? <laughs> yeah. 
I don't even know what year it is. So I created the club so you can kind of take the fear out of people who are different. Your differences are not what should divide you. They're what should unite you. Yes, please. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. 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 So we yeah. we uh, created that club. We had like the highest number of members of all the school clubs besides like 4-H. <laughs> wow, that's great. Yeah. Um, and after that, I just dedicated myself to giving back to those young girls, just pouring everything I learned. Uh, and I went down to Tennessee and just spoke at their national a leadership conference for the girls and, and pinned on their gold award. Uh, that's a full circle moment there. Mm, yeah. Great. great. So I'll ask the last couple of questions. And I'll let you go. I know you got a jam, a jam schedule. Um, we'll start with the easy one. Easy. Uh, if you could reach back in time, say till you were 18 mm-hmm. and tell your 18 year old self something, what kind of nugget of advice would that be? Hmm. You don't need anybody's validation. Good. That's, a lot of people are still trying to figure that <laughs> one out. <laughs> yeah. That's like a, one of the top five lessons I think people need to get. Yeah. yeah. I um, as, as much as I was doing, I was still suffering from that need for people to validate mm-hmm. that I was, you know, cool, that I was worth being a friend. Um at that point, it was like nobody wanted to go to prom with me, and I didn't understand why. I was like, am I not, like, pretty? <laughs> like, they're like, no, you're just so busy, like, really intimidating. I was the intimidating girl. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. No, I'm so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really cool. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Did you so, wind up getting the prom date? I went out with the... Uh, a guy that a lot of girls wanted to go with and it ended up being Boom. well yeah but oh. it ended up being a bad experience oh no <laughs> you asked for it you know uh. you thought you got something great and it turns out wasn't so great Uh-oh. i i remember uh dropping him off he didn't even remember me dropping him off at his house oh my goodness he had, had a little couple yeah what a, what a lovely experience. I'm so glad I had you relive that. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you can call me anytime. I'll ask you that stuff. You know how okay. it's like, typical, like, yeah. I need to go out with the quarterback, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. I couldn't get a prom date. My brother's friend finally took me because my brother made him. It was terrible. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I never got that great prom experience either. All right. So we uh, talk a lot here about the American dream. We 100% believe that it's not a cliche. It's alive and well, no matter what people are spreading through the country, trying to you know, make us believe otherwise. What yeah. What does the American dream mean to you? Oh, my gosh. The American dream for me is being able to have opportunities and to know without a doubt that I can have these opportunities and that when I talk to a child, then I'm not lying to that child. When I say that you are in the land of opportunity, you can be anything, you can do anything um, and not feel like a gut, you know, yeah. like, oh, yeah. well, hmm. not like Santa Claus is real sweetie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, this is a place where yeah. you can, you're not defined by how you started. How you started is not how you, you have to finish. You know, what, yeah. whatever economic status that you had and your parents had, you can turn it all around. You can, 
be the first officer. You can, you know, start a company. Yes. <laughs> you can do these things. I love telling children, I believe in you. And yes, you can do it. You know, that I will always leave them with that because I'm surprised at how many children did not hear that. Yeah. Um, simple words that are very powerful. I believe in you. That can make a huge difference in how a person at a young age moves forward, just knowing one person believes in them and sees them as a person. So I think that's awesome how you, how you leave them with it. That's a, that's a good one. Last question. If, if you could call anybody up today, one person has to be a living person you've never met before that would spend the rest of the day with you and you could ask them anything, talk anything, talk about anything, learn from them. Who would that be? Oprah. All right. That was quick. <laughs> know, weird. <laughs> it doesn't sound. I don't know. Yeah. It's just like, cause she, she spent part of her life in, in uh, Tennessee. Um, and just that whole, like she had to find a self validation because mm-hmm. there were so many people telling her that she, that can't, she can't do it. it. Yeah. <laughs> having to fight against that stigma um yeah to be fired from a newscasting job and then go on own your own network yeah i like that aspect of hey you know don't tell me what i can't do yeah challenge accepted (laughs) that's that's what i like about oprah that's like there's like a that is what i want to talk about like Let's have tea and, and, and look at your garden and, hold. <laughs> and tell me everything, you know, awesome. <laughs> I thank you again so much for a responding to me so instantly that doesn't, you know, always happen from super busy people. So I really appreciate that. And B, thank you for your service. And then thank wow. you for what you're doing now to go back and be an example in the world and show us how to carry on a family legacy. I mean, there's nothing about your story not to love. And uh, we know our community will love it as well. And are going to get behind you and vote. Tell us one more time where they can vote for you. You can go to Street Shares and click on the link for Brewing the American Dream and input uh, your votes. Perfect. 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 So thank you again. You have a good rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you for what you do. Hey, what's going on? Dave Brown here again. Thank you so much for joining us on today's show. Appreciate you being here. Also want to personally thank Charlinda Scales for taking the time to share her story and tell us about her amazing veteran-owned company, Mutt's Sauce. Be sure to get your own uh, order of sauce. You can uh, order your sauce at muttsauce.com and see why they say it is the perfect sauce for every meal. That's Mutt's Sauce. You can also follow her on Instagram. Uh, Same thing. Uh, The handle is Mutt's Sauce on Instagram. And be sure to check out the full article that we did on Charlinda and uh, her Mutt's Sauce company. Uh, You can check that out at americansnippets.com forward slash 057. There you can read the full story. We'll have uh, social media links, uh, website link, uh, so you can check out everything that she's doing. And finally, if you got some value out of today's episode, please give us a little love, uh, comment, subscribe, leave us a review, share this with a friend, let someone you know know what we're doing here, and you know the the message that we're looking to spread in terms of positivity, possibility, and patriotism. Our guest today, Sharlinda, 
you know, encompasses all of those things. And we're doing our part to, to, to propel that message and that mission forward. So leave us a review, subscribe, tell a friend, and more, and most importantly, don't just be inspired by our guests. Let their stories propel you into action in your own life. Now go out there and show the world how exceptional you truly are. We'll see you next time. 